if you enjoy Talk Me Into, boy, do we have a surprise for you. We have a brand new video show because Video Killed, the podcast star, we all know it's true. It is called So Discussions, where we discuss sodas. Yeah, join us every week as Jeff and I discuss soda, pop, fizzy things. And bubbly. Yeah, whether they're delicious or gross. Is it so disgusting or so delicious? You won't know unless you watch every Thursday on YouTube. (laughs) That's the really results may vary. (laughs) So this is a movie that you guys will like. I thought it was okay. Oh baby, that was good. I am stupid. I like to cook slop. Do you want to top that slop? Thought we were going to have fun here. Yes, queen. Down with guilty pleasures, up with pleasure pleasures. Did we talk you into... Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like. This week is Community, starring Donald Glover. My name is Jeff, and I recently had the best pair of my life. It was a Danju, and it was from Walmart. My name is Jimmy, and my favorite Super Nintendo game is Super Mario World. My name is Dan, and filet mignon is the biggest scam in the meat game. Is it? I like filet mignon, but I don't disagree with you. Also, this is not a fun fact about myself, but it is something that I wrote down at two o'clock in the morning because I thought it was really insightful. But do you believe it? I do. So it's a fun fact about you. It's it's it a fact. Yeah. That I should have said, my mind. name is Dan and I believe. <laughs> I believe. The yeah. Love is the answer. No. I believe. I was thinking filet Book mignon's of a scam. Yeah. I believe we're all going in different directions with I believe. Yeah. I believe the children are a future. They are, in fact. Well, if we have a future. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Ukraine. Am I right? (laughs) Okay. I think that if if you are a fan of Talk Me Into, and if you write down every single one of our fun facts and you have a chart like psycho people would do. I wish people did. There might be one person out there that is just like a super fan and we have no idea. Yeah. Um, Stalker. Who knows? Anything can happen. Okay. But you I'm could- not going to go so far as say there's a chart or they're a stalker, but Jimmy and I went to dinner with oh. a fan of ours, Miranda, who's yeah. way more of a fan of this podcast than I thought anyone on earth was. Like she was quoting back to us. Like, yeah, that was funny. Fun facts and stuff. We were like, whoa, you listen that much? Oh, really? Because yeah. every now and then somebody that I work with will mention something we say on So Discussions that we recorded like 10 months ago. Yeah, yeah. 10 <laughs> weeks ago. And I'm like, what? And they're like, you said it on the thing. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I've had that happen with our barber, Ben. He's, yeah. He's like, oh, so you didn't like this movie, huh? And I'm like, I didn't talk to you about that. Or yeah. somebody will say something on the episode that just came out. And I'm like, oh, that's, we recorded that six weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea what I said then. Um, but my point is, is that I think you can make a list of every single Nintendo system. And then <laughs> column B is Jimmy's favorite Mario game. Yeah. I do like Mario games. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't hate on it. I just yeah. think it's that's because Jimmy writes a, his fun facts by looking at his video game. I show. wrote a slew of like fun facts. These were just like knockoff ones, like in case I didn't ever have any fun facts. So I'm, yeah. just, I'm just starting to get you just that's get a good idea, though. And I was I was kind of embarrassed to say mine because I've mentioned before I'm a pear guy. 
Yeah. I love pears. Guys, talked about pears before. By, I just have to. Dan, Dan's entire thought process just stopped because he saw somebody walking a dog. No, I'm on there because I was going to tell you that when you started that fun fact, I thought P-A-I-R. And I'm like, a pair of what? <laughs> I've got the best pair. pair. Of these nuts. <laughs> I thought, I don't know. I was just like, a pair of what? I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> so I, I went grocery shopping. I had to go to a Walmart, which I hate going to. But I went there. My wife had a list. And on the list, it said a fruit that Jeffrina has never had before. Just trying <laughs> like to get that. her different things, right? Because yeah. I we'll, really like that. We give her melon, bananas, berries, all kinds of fruits. And I was like, they got some pears. Mm-hmm. So I got a couple pears, tossed them in the fruit thing, forgot about them, totally forgot about them. We're having lunch one day. My, my wife chops one up for the baby, as you, cuts it as you're supposed to. And uh, she wasn't really touching it, which is fine. You know, babies don't always eat anything. And I was like, let me get a bite of that. And I was like, that's a good pear. This pear. I forgot the pear was there. It's like two weeks old. Dude, it was so moist, incredibly sweet, creamiest like, texture. It was like the perfect ripeness. Yeah. Because with pears, sometimes there's a very small window in which a pear is perfect. Yep. It's either unripe. I don't or even ripe. buy them for this reason. You got to feel the neck. Yeah. You have to feel the necks when you buy them. And you're like, this is where you're headed, baby. <laughs> Jeff market. thought that pear was so good he wanted a pair of pears. So then I went to the store, I got a couple more. A pair? I got I got a pair of pears. I haven't eaten them yet because I want them to get a little bit better. Softer. And then I forgot the second pear was still there a week later. I like that. It was still good. It wasn't mushy, <laughs> wow. mealy, gross. I don't know where Walmart procured these pears from. <laughs> a dumpster. But this, I should have saved the stickers and visited the farm that these pears grew from. Absolutely I mean, incredible. You guys make fun of me when I talk about my favorite apples, but I can only buy we, them at Walmart and only, I do it. We only make fun of, well, really, we only make fun of your apples because you talk about them all the time. Sweet tangos. I, I space out my pear facts. <laughs> my my okay. other pear fact was in the It's Always Sunny episode, I think, yeah. because the sticker joke. The sticker. The, I said something about the Asian pear. We didn't talk about it. I used it as an ingredient. It's really good. Sliced up uh, julienne and salads. It's great. But this pear, oh my God. Who would have ever thought that this episode would start with a pear conversation? No, I love it. Who would have ever thought that you I would have started it because I'm this is it. I'm not on any more of this episode. We're done. Yeah, it's over. We're recording this on a Sunday. Jimmy, yesterday, you and I recorded the rest of this episode on Community with our special guest, Jen, from the Community Rewatch podcast. So we're actually going to time travel. We're going to go. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go back to yesterday. But we can't bring Jeff with us. No, I'm too big. Yeah. For the machine. I can't fit <laughs> That's in your, your reasoning. Machine. I was gonna yeah, go that's like, too big. <laughs> I was gonna say like your wedding band or something. My beard weight. Yeah. But yeah. no, Jeff, um, the scheduling was not ideal for you yesterday. Not not, not, not ideal. ideal. It wasn't great. <laughs> We're this is the inside joke. Uh we had some scheduling issues. We're trying to make it work between us three and Jen. And uh when we proposed a two day recording session, Jeff's response was, This is not ideal. <laughs> Well, no, we, you proposed moving it. Oh yeah. I forgot what you did, but it was way. It was not working out. And I was like, that's fine. We could do it without you. So I don't have to be there. Jeff's here to record this intro. I'm glad because I spent the last three days thinking I was going to miss an episode. My voice has been on every single episode of talking. Just out of curiosity. Did you watch community? 
No. Okay. I was well, wondering. Be, I didn't have to be on the episode, so I. Oh, I don't play. Yeah, you. I didn't. I was watch just it. curious if you'd already started. But before I, I haven't heard the episode because Jimmy hasn't edited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll probably just watch the episodes beforehand, like a real toy head. Nice. Do it like head. a real listener. Yeah, and that's did what that I did. For I did it for Babish. Yeah. yeah, when when my baby was born. So now that we've explained why Jeff isn't on the rest of this episode, Jimmy, let's travel back in time. Jenny's probably listening to this right now. Like, who the hell is this jabroni? <laughs> <laughs> I think we made reference to you a couple times. Jimmy shouted out your uh, Jeff with five F's, the number twenty. Oh, thank you so much. So it's time to travel back in time and listen to our conversation with Jen. I knew he was going to do the voice. Now I have to edit it in. Whoa, guys, they're disappearing. Oh my God, they're gone. Thank you for listening to Talking to Ourselves on patreon.com slash talkmeinto. My name is Jeff. That's all I got. Bye. Oh my God, he's back. So this week we are on our journey to discover the talents of Donald Glover, and we decided to delve a little bit into Community, the sitcom that aired on a few different networks and starred Donald Glover. And Jim, I thought to myself, who better to bring on the uh, podcast to talk us into Community than Jen, the host of the Community Rewatch podcast? And I said, that's a great idea, Dan. We should do that. It's in the name. So joining us today is Jen, the aforementioned host of the Community Rewatch podcast. So Jen, thanks for joining us. Oh my gosh. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about a show that I just keep talking about. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Any chance I can get. I feel like this is just my, this has always been my brand and now it's even more so, which is hilarious. I mean, it's, it's funny how we came to meet you because... Uh, I was a guest on the Untitled Cinema Gals project. Yeah. I knew that Chelsea and Morgan were frequent contributors to the Community Rewatch project. So, yeah. (laughs) So when I was looking for someone to talk us into community, I went to them and I was like, hey, do you guys want to come on and and Chels was like um you should just have Jen because the expert I literally she texted me and she's like yeah I feel like I'm not the right person to have on here I feel like they need to have you on this podcast we need the direct source we, we, yeah. Need, yeah. we couldn't get Dan Harmon so we we went to the I mean next best honestly thing. I'm just like you know, I'm talking Chels into coming on more often. That's that's what I'm talking someone else into. <laughs> that's <laughs> her being talk me into. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, can you you can be on this podcast, right? You edit it, so she hears everything anyway. But yeah, no, I'm I uh, I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. I will talk about community all day long. <laughs> <laughs> that's your nice. thing. It is my so thing. Jen. How did you get into talking about community? Like, how did you start podcasting in general? What's your background? So it's really funny because it was November of 2019 that we dropped our first episode. Um, And it was because I had watched a Vulture reunion panel of Community. And I had started kind of doing a little bit of a rewatch on Hulu. And so I was really big into the fandom when Community was on the air. And Chels is actually one of my friends from the fandom days. And so I was kind of like feeling nostalgic, you know, end of 2019. We hadn't gotten to uh, the the now times yet. Um, and so I was like, you know, I kind of miss this show. I haven't rewatched it in a while. And so I started rewatching it. And on a whim, I thought like, oh, you know, like I kind of miss talking about the show. I wonder if any of my friends from back in the fandom days would like to talk about it too and you know if i did a podcast 
surely I'm the only person who's going to be talking about community, you know, Hmm. in 2019. No one was talking about it when it was only on the air. Um, And come to find out that I am one of like 16 community rewatch podcasts at this point. Um, But yeah, I I thought on a whim, like, what if I do this? I literally texted Chels and she's like, I'll be your audio editor. Um, So I kind Hmm. of just decided like, oh, yeah, I want to talk about this show because my deep history is. I wrote community reviews like from season two, no, season three until the show ended in season six. Um, And so I was talking about it at the time and I was like, well, I I wonder if people just want to keep hearing me talk about it Um, in a different format. Uh, And so so people Mm. were like, yeah, absolutely. You should do it. That would be great. So we started doing it and then. Uh, 2020 happened and we had a lot of time. So (laughs) we started just (laughs) continuing powering through podcasting. So I have literally only been doing this since November of 2019, which is kind of wild to me because that's cool. Yeah. Because of how many like people I've met. And I feel like, I mean, obviously in 2020, a lot of people started podcasting because of being inside. Um, So it's been really fun, though, to, to be able to talk about a show that I was talking about over 10 years ago now in the present and it's still relevant and people still want to talk about it so that's kind of how i got into doing it and it's it's been a fun adventure i really enjoy it that's really cool yeah yeah it's like i've talked to people before who've like you've never done podcasting before and i was like no i actually didn't listen to a lot of podcasts before 2020 because i i mean you know like when i go on runs and walks i listen to a lot of music but um you know when it when the world shut down and I needed to get out of my house for hours on end, I was like, I think I'm going to listen to podcasts now because <laughs> they would yeah. fill up that chunk of time really well. And so I just started listening to them and I was like, you know, I think it would be fun to start one. And I, I didn't think anything would come of it. Honestly, I thought maybe like, eh, I'll do a few episodes, maybe I'll fall off and not continue it. And here we are still talking about it. Almost wrapping that up. That makes with a lot community. of sense to me. That makes yeah. a lot of sense to me, though, because, you know, as someone who's done a few podcast projects, um, sometimes there's like this thing of like, what should we do next? What should be the next project? Or, mm-hmm. or I have an idea for a podcast. But your your show goes so in depth and there's so much heart to it. Like there's a real love for community oh. that it actually makes sense to me that you came to podcasting from community and not <laughs> the other way around. Yeah. No, I mean, I. I I tell people this all the time. When you listen to our show, I'm one of those people who uh, community was a show that had had my heart and still does in so many ways because of the people I've met and just the way that the show has made an impact on my life. And so when I was writing about it, I was one of those people who wasn't afraid to be like, yeah, but the show isn't perfect. Like, it's great. It's wonderful. But like, no show is perfect. And I think that that was maybe like the first time that I had started really doing that. And there were a lot of like TV critics at the time, like Alan Sepinwall and Emily Vanderwerf. Like they were really formative for me thinking about TV critically. And Mm -hmm. so for that reason too, community has always had my heart because there is so much to dissect. There is so much to unpack, but also it's a great way to start thinking about media critically. And that was what it was for me. It was like a touchstone for me in the way that I thought about media and television and writing and everything. And so to this day, I still find things to talk about, even though it might not always be like 
hyper positive. Like there are so many great things about the show. And I think that, you know, people it it started airing in 2009. So like, you know, you have it's we're pretty far removed from 2009. And so there's a lot of like, you know, things that are you're like, oh, that's a 2000s comedy thing that they're doing right now. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I think that it's I I talk about it so much because I love it. And I feel like a lot of times when I was writing reviews and like even today, sometimes people are like, oh, you're being so hard on the show or you're being so critical. And I was like, I, I do that because I love it. Like if I didn't, yeah. right. I wouldn't have anything right. to say about it. Like I would just be like, OK, moving on. Like I just wouldn't spend my time thinking about it or talking about it. And so, right. yeah, I think that that's one of the reasons why it still stays with me is because I love it. And also there are things about it that I don't like. And it keeps me in that tension of being like, well, how can I navigate this? How can I talk about it? How can I think about it differently? So mm-hmm. it, well, yeah, I think that comes through yeah. your love of the show is definitely what sets you apart from other rewatch podcasts where it just feels like a TV writer is just talking about TV. Because yeah. That's the thing to do. Yeah. And I know like there's a lot of fans that, are very very like loyal to Dan Harmon and that's like very much of their their vibe too and yeah so I was guesting on another podcast recently and she pointed something out that I was like is this actually true and she was like I think that you're one of the only or the only female podcasting voice in like the community fandom and it's kind of true I think that there maybe is only one that's just solely women um, cause there are women on other community rewatch podcasts, like co-hosts and things like that. But I was thinking about that and I was like, that is kind of why I love doing this too, is because we have a little bit of a different perspective in a fandom that right. is so male dominated and saturated. And that's not always a bad thing, but you know, I don't know. It's just, it's very interesting. It's been really fun to dive into some of the things that we see that maybe some of the other podcasters don't see. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, it, it's, um, where was I gonna go with that? Oh, so basically I was gonna ask, um, since Community has been over since, I don't even remember <laughs> when it ended um, specifically, but after Community, was there any show that like um, filled that hole for you? Ooh. I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know that there's ever been a show that I've delved as deeply into as I have Community. I think there's mm-hmm. been other shows that I've really loved. I mean, I love New Girl. Like, that's one of my favorite shows. But oh, I, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty lateral. It kind, of, it kind of tracks, right? Um, yeah. I love psych like psych is also one of those things that's like it's a very lateral move like very similar in tone mm. but I don't honestly feel like there's been another show that I just can unpack as much and as deeply I don't think there's another show that I could do a two plus hour episode <laughs> on where it's just like feel like I still haven't said everything that I wanted to say and yeah yeah, I don't. Yeah. So there's been other shows that I've loved. And, you know, when our pod eventually reaches the end, we're definitely going to talk about them. But I do feel like community is such a foundational one for me. Yeah, I don't think there's another one that's like it. Well, Jen, I'm excited based on what you had to say to delve 
deeply into uh, the episodes that you recommended for us. So when we come back, we're going to sort of do like a spoiler free overview of um, these three episodes you chose, what you like about them and why you think they're good picks for our Donald Glover miniseries. Woohoo! <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> So for a big obvious reason why we have the uh, the our lovely guest Jen on for from the Community Rewatch podcast, we are being talked into community. Um, so I guess we can give like a little bit of a background of like our experience with community. Um, I remember watching it when it first aired. Um, I was very young. I was 14, 15 yeah. when it started. Um, so I definitely do remember watching it as it was airing the first few seasons and I don't remember why I fell off, but I definitely just like lost interest in the show. I don't know if it was because I was growing up or you were a just casual viewer specifically. Yeah, I was definitely a casual viewer. I wasn't really watching stuff with like a critical eye at the time. Um, I was mostly like the Beatles are cool. Like that was me. <laughs> like I was like, I was very much in high school, Jimmy mode, uh, just at the barely time. scratching the surface of, uh, entertainment culture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I do remember enjoying the show and, um, I definitely did high, have high expectations of college when I started, uh, started it because of the show. Um, but I definitely did remember the name Dan Harmon when like Rick and Morty <laughs> started and I was like, Oh, that name sounds kind of familiar. And then. I remember seeing some of his um, his weird Harmon Town shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. I still don't even quite know what those are. Um, but it, everything Dan Harmon does is very interesting to me because he does have a very specific style and um, comedy voice. And he actually did do a <coughs> show on YouTube, Game Grumps, which was very interesting as well, um, which I did enjoy a lot, actually. It did feel the comedy did feel a lot similar to um, community and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do the the long the short end of it is I do remember watching Community as it was airing, but I didn't really watch it with a critical eye. Dan, do you have any like exposure to the show or anything like that? I don't really. Um, historically, I've not been a huge uh, like traditional sitcom guy, and maybe what we're learning through the course of this episode is that this isn't a traditional sitcom. But on mm. the surface, that's how it seemed to me when it was originally airing. I'm older than Jimmy, so I actually had kind of an opposite problem, which was I was in the height of my, like, I'm watching prestige TV about damaged people making tough decisions. (laughs) And uh, the idea of this show was not, like, super interesting to me at that Mm. point. Uh, I've come a long way in that respect, especially, like, this last couple years has really humbled me, and I really want some nice TV that makes me feel better. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of the the Mike Shore universe, mm-hmm. uh, Parks and Recreation specifically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I literally have never seen an episode um, prior to talking to Jen, so... Uh, I was excited to have this opportunity because obviously there's a lot of people who love this show. And the reason why we do talk me into is to have an excuse to explore things that we've never explored before. So, Jen, Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that you've been a part of the fandom from way back. Do you remember what your first exposure to community was? Oh, absolutely. Um, I got into community backwards. Uh, So weirdly, I was not watching it season one live. And I I always try and think about like, why wasn't I? Because I was watching The Office. I wasn't I never watched 30 Rock, but I was watching like 
Parks and Rec and like everything that was on that lineup because like Community originally aired on NBC, obviously, in the Thursday night lineup. So yeah. it's like I was watching other things on that lineup. Why wasn't I watching Community? Um, but I didn't watch the first season and one of my best friends texted me um, through one of my online Twitter best friends and was like, after the season one finale aired and she spoiled something for me because she knew that that was how I was going to get into the show. So she's uh. like, this happened. You need to watch it. And I was like, okay, you have good taste in TV. We watch all the same things. So I decided to start binge watching it when it was off the air between seasons one and two and then watched mm -hmm. it live on NBC from seasons two until five. And then obviously you have alluded to the final season was on the now defunct Yahoo screen uh, streaming service. <laughs> oh, those were the days. Uh, 2015 was a wild time. Uh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, I, I started watching in season two. Then by season three, so I love writing. I went to school for writing. Um, I was in a dead end kind of job where I wasn't really doing creative writing. And in season three, I was like, well, maybe I'll start writing reviews of the show just to like kind of, you know, get my creative writing sea legs back at least and do something that I feel like is useful. So I texted the same friend and I was like, so if I start writing community reviews, would you read them? She's like, absolutely. I thought for sure she'd be the only person who ever read them. <laughs> so uh, in season three, in season three, episode two, I wrote a review and I was on Twitter and I was like, you know, I'll just want I'm on a whim. I'm just going to tag Dan Harmon in this tweet. Um, he's not going to read it, whatever. So I went back to work. Um, I came back to Twitter and found that Dan Harmon had responded to me and had read my review and had praised my review in the tweet yeah, he sent awesome. to me. And I was like. Oh, so I guess I write community reviews now. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which it was wild to me. St it's still wild to me, um, despite my complicated feelings about Dan Harmon. Um, it was still wild to me because like he wasn't reading reviews like any. I mean, I think most creators don't want to read reviews of the stuff that people are putting out because you don't want to be influenced by them or whatever. And Dan notoriously had said he's not reading reviews of his show. Um, but he was like, that was exactly what I needed. Great review, kiddo. Um and people from the fandom started following me on Twitter. And so I reviewed the show. I had my own website um, and I reviewed it up until the show ended. So it was like that started kind of a critical, again, thinking journey of writing about TV. And eventually like that, the little site that could is what I called it. As I had other writers no. come on, we went, we've mm -hmm. gone to Comic-Con as press because of the fact that the site exists. So it's been, again, all back to community. <laughs> um, I, yeah, so I was super active in the fandom from about season, I mean, I was on from season two, but like from season three on, definitely, like I was very involved in fandom. Like I remember tweeting about the show i remember like i time hop is such a gem because i remember like i can find my life <laughs> live tweets from when i was watching episodes um has now like 10 year anniversaries of episodes are coming up so it's like wow 10 years ago time hop tells me like you were watching community and here is what you were tweeting about it and i was <laughs> Tell like me something I didn't yeah know. exactly i'm like okay do i want to read my tweets from 10 years ago though um yeah, but yeah no it's so i was super involved i know a lot of people have found the show later because of it being on netflix or hulu but like 
I was in it when I was writing reviews and literally had to like tweet out, hey, does anyone have a download link for the episode? And people would send me like put locker links so I could write my reviews. Because again, (laughs) people don't understand. You couldn't just go on to Hulu the next day and watch a show that had aired the night before. Like you could not do it. Right. So the only way to do it. (laughs) That was definitely during the wild time. Uh Like right before streaming. People were still actually watching shows as they aired on cable. And that was the biggest kind of thing with community that was it's kind of interesting i i wish in some ways that it had happened a little bit later because i think you would have seen the value and and you know networks would have seen that because we would trend on twitter like every episode hashtags would trend for the show but no one understood at the time what that meant you know the value of it uh they were just like nielsen numbers like nielsen ratings and we're like what what does that mean though who has a nielsen box at this (laughs) point and so that was really community's biggest issue um when it aired was that it was in a really bad time slot on you know eight o'clock time slot on nbc where it was competing against the big bang theory literally every single week um, or like March Madness or, you know, like things that happened on Thursdays in that time slot. And so when they were like, yeah, but I mean, we're trying, but like, there's no way we're going to get Big Bang Theory numbers. Networks just didn't understand that like, oh, you trend on Twitter. That means something. So, yeah, yeah I remember like fighting for the show with friends because it got pulled from NBC's schedule during season three. Like, it's it was a wild time to be a community fan was when the show was actually on the air. I like that. Yeah. Your, um, you know, your writing and your website kind of went hand in hand with community. <laughs> like, uh, you guys were fighting on the front lines of, like, uh, growing your personal brand, but also yeah. keeping the show that you loved alive. Yeah. it was It was very interesting, too, because I... And, and now I understand more about TV cancellations and things like that. Why are shows canceled? Like what, you know, spoiler alert, it's money. Um, but we, oh, yeah. you know, we didn't understand always back then. Um, but I think that we, you know, there was this, like a small, powerful sector of the fandom that really learned about the power of advertising. Like, I remember that we would tweet the advertisers that we saw advertising because, you know, again, community was on network TV. Um, So it was like, write down the advertisers that you see and like tweet them and thank them for advertising during community. Like that was what, yeah, right. Like that was what I was learning about because of people in this fandom. And, you know, I remember there were, People who went to um, like 30 Rock and were outside wearing like these felt goatees, which is like a thing from the show. And it kind right. of reminded it like it was rem- like reminiscent of things that like Jericho fans had done and like Chuck fans had done. And so it was kind of um, like niche, though, in that there was a small but really dedicated fandom that was really, really fighting for the show. And it was like, we know that there's not a lot of us, but like the ones who are here, we're, we're really here. So yeah. help save the show. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, to give you a little background of what we're doing right now. So we just started this um, quest sort of, we're doing these mini series on larger topics that mm-hmm. we want to be more into. So I propose Donald Glover. I'm a uh, big fan of Atlanta. Good one. Good one. I, I know a little bit of Childish Gambino and, and sort of like movies that he's been in. I've really mm-hmm. enjoyed his performances. 
but we just wanted to know more. We wanted to be exposed to more. I know there's mm-hmm. a lot of fans out there of his. So yeah, we knew that we wanted to get into community. We, we laid the groundwork of how we got you to appear on the show. So why don't you tell us, um, spoiler free, about the three episodes you picked for us to watch and why they're good examples of Donald Glover. Of course. Well, so I picked three episodes that I think really showcase the range that Donald Glover brings to community. Um, so the first one that I picked is in season two. It's called Mixology Certification. Um, and kind of like this is Troy's, Donald Glover's character's 21st birthday. Um, and so a lot happens in this episode with the characters. Uh, I think that what I love specifically about this episode is that it really shows all of the range that Donald brings to Troy. Like, Troy is a really interesting character. He's often kind of this aloof, silly character. And you get some of that in this episode where he's just like yelling things and it's funny. Um, But you also have these really, really great nuggets of just somber reflection. Um, Donald's really good at kind of zeroing in on like the heart of his character. And I think that that's what Mm -hmm. makes Troy such a beloved character in the community fandom. Everyone loves Troy. I have yet to meet a person who does not love Troy as a character. Um, And there's a reason for that. It's because he brings this. He's he's got some of the best one liners in the whole show. But mixology certification really showcases the fact that he just who he is as a character, as a person, as someone who's very loving and earnest, who cares about its friends, um, who's very silly, but who at the end of the day will, you know, do sacrifice having uh, you know, his 21st birthday for the sake of like caring for his friends. And so that's what I love about him as a character. And I think that this episode really showcases all of those little nuggets that he brings. Um, Mm. and then, so the second episode that I chose is in season four, um, which is a polarizing season for community fans, but I chose basic human anatomy. Um, it is an episode that I think, showcases Donald Glover's talent as an actor. So like whilst the one that I picked before is really about like Troy as a character, um, Donald spends a lot of this episode, most of it actually, um, I don't want to say imitating because that sounds even cheap, but like he's, he is like embodying another character on the show. Um, and he does it with such finesse and it's so honest and true And it's so calculated, too. Like, you can see all the little choices that he makes in this episode are true to who you know this other character to be. And there are things that you can pick up on when you really know the show and you know the characters. And you're like, wow, he really embodied it. It doesn't feel like a parody, which I feel like a lot of the times happens. Um, I'd liken this episode, if you are a fan of, like, sure, to, like, the Janet's episode of The Good Place where like Darcy Carden knows all of the characters super well. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's able to kind of play off of what she knows to be true. It doesn't feel like a parody. And that's like, this is particularly what I love about this episode is that um, Donald really does a lot of work in making sure that he, what he's doing feels authentic. And again, this is one of those episodes where he really like, you can feel the heart of the character and Donald just has a really great job of bringing, bringing that out in a comedy. Like, you know, there's these moments where you feel like a really genuine sense of, of who Troy Barnes is. And I love that. Um, 
And then the third episode that I chose is Geothermal Escapism, which I just think is such a great, fun episode full of shenanigans. But again, Donald really just... There's a lot of shenanigans that happen. Um, But Donald really, really has, again, this such this great way of being so earnest. That's really what Troy is as a character, is just such this earnest person. And I think that this is like a perfect episode to showcase how fun and silly he can be, how much he cares about his friends, but also just how deep his love goes for other people. And when you see the end of this episode, I think that you understand a lot about how Troy loves and how Troy shows that his friends that he cares about them. Um, and Donald just does a fantastic job. So I love that episode. Um, I cry every time. <laughs> so those are my three picks. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I love those choices. I think they're going to be really fun episodes to talk about. Um, in the next section, we are going to be talking about those three episodes and spoiling them. So if you have not yet watched them, watch them all. Uh, watch them. They're easy. They're 22 minutes each long. It's short. Um, they're really quick watches. I watched them all yesterday. Spoilers. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're all going to be talking about them now. Okay, everyone, we hope that you've just watched three episodes of Community uh, currently streaming on Hulu or that you're familiar enough that you don't care that we're going to spoil them. Uh, it's on Netflix, too. It's on both. It's on wow, Prime. That's... I think it's on yeah. Prime, too. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, yeah. Everywhere. it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, Jen, the first episode that you had us watch yeah. that we're going to, you know, spoil and dig, mm-hmm. dig into a little deeper is Mixology Certification. Yes. Um. This is back in season two, right? Mm-hmm. Season two, yep. episode... I don't have it in front of me. Ten. Episode ten. ten. Um, and I would say, like, the core A plot of this storyline is that we find out that Donald Glover's character, Troy, uh, <laughs> believes that he's turning 20, but his yeah. parents have accidentally tricked him into believing... Mom, how many lives have I been living? Yeah. Yeah. The, the basic uh, gist of it is that he was forced to repeat uh, fifth grade, I think, <laughs> and they just convinced him that that's what that everyone is, does. Yeah, that everyone's 20 for two years. is like like everyone is the same age for two years. Yeah, he's yeah. he was lied to, um, and he realizes he's turning 21 at midnight, not 20. Yeah, uh, so the, the study group decides, like, primarily uh, Britta and Jeff, I believe is his name, yep. are like, uh, you have to go out and, like, celebrate this fact. We need to go to a bar. <clears throat> so it becomes this whole, like, quest of, like, which I'm not a drinker, but mm-hmm. I've been out and, like, hung out with people, and this where do we go, which place yeah. is better conversation. Oh, God. Oh, it's it's so accurate. <laughs> And it's this uh, complaint over like, oh, that one's too divey. This one's uh-huh. too hipster. Yeah. And I just love how real that felt. They yeah. they eventually settle on what I basically think they determined to be like the least offensive, like yes. the one bar that nobody had yeah. a complaint about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was basically it. It's like on the count of three, name the least offensive bar you've ever been to. Actually, they don't yeah. they don't end up. They originally want to go there and then they oh, find right. out that it's closed. Um, and then closed, they find yeah. like another one that's basically like, eh, this is fine. We we can do yeah. this. Um, 
they'll all meet up at the ballroom, which I yes. thought was just funny. She's like, no, Britta's like, no pun intended. And then Jeff's like, oh, no, we're in the mail car. That is intentional. It's like, I guess now I am being smart or clever or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. It really does feel real, though. Like, I've had those conversations like, where should we go? Which one yeah. should we go to? So then there's a couple subplots that are running mm-hmm. throughout. Um, my personal favorite is that um, Annie mm-hmm. gets a fake ID because she's mm-hmm. not 21 yet. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that was really good. <laughs> Caroline it's some Decker. woman from Texas. And Annie, like, uh, again, I haven't seen this show. but If you, you can... need to know everything you need to know about Annie Edison, it is in this episode. <laughs> like, that yeah, is who right. she is. <laughs> Through conjecture, you can see what yes. type of person she is. Oh, 100%. She's like this aggressive type a personality uh-huh. who like is nervous and anxiety ridden mm-hmm. ridden and she's like yeah. okay where from texas am i and what kind of accent is do that and what do i do for yeah. a living and i just love that whole mentality because i'm a little bit that mm-hmm. so if i had to use a fake idea yeah. i'd be worried about the backstory i also just love that um, she doesn't get carded and britta does get carded at the door after, yeah that's awesome that's a whole really good running joke yeah, yeah. britta gives her this speech about like we're hot like they yeah. want hot girls in the bar yeah, yeah. and immediately gets carded and the guy just goes uh you can never be too careful this is also yeah. like a very good episode i i picked this obviously for the story but it's a, also a really good episode to understand pretty much every character if you don't know these characters this is a pretty good indicator of who all these people are at this point <laughs> yeah yeah there's also the really good one too when uh Piers is going oh, into gosh. the uh bar as well and he also gets carded <laughs> yeah. and then of course we have the, the whole subplot the very tiny subplot of him not being able to maneuver his that uh, chair. wheelchair that chair yeah that was really good that's real fun um, i had totally forgotten that chevy chase was in this show until you know we it's oh, yeah. fine most of us do no, i'm just kidding he got killed off in like season three or something oh. like that season four maybe it's season five actually he made it pretty Damn, far baby. yeah he made it pretty far that's right. there's a there's a lot that happened uh, up until that point. But no, this, yeah, this one is, um, it's happens in season two. He, his character like breaks his legs pretty early on. Yeah. And so he's in this wheelchair for comedic effect for a lot of the first half of season two, I feel like. And this one is like a good, <laughs> a good use of him, especially. I just love, I don't know why I love the delivery of Jeff going, Pierce, what is this? What are you doing? Explain yourself when he's trying to cut the cake at the very beginning. It's just, again, it's just very indicative. But yeah, he's his wheelchair gagged the whole episode. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it's so funny because a lot of people don't really love like Joel McHale. I, I, I love Joel. I don't know so much about like the community, uh, uh, the community community. Um, but uh, yeah. I think Joel McHale's delivery in the show is he's, it's just so like quintessential. He's so like, good. I'm just I'm so tired of all of this. Yeah, he and, that's uh, that's it, his character. He's very he's very over everything. Right. He thinks he's too cool yeah. for everything. Right. Um, yeah. The general plot of Community is like he has like a job or something, and this job requires him to go to college. I don't remember. So so the general plot of Community is that he was a lawyer and he gets disbarred right. because they found out his degree was faked, and um, and so was, he has yeah. to go back to college and get a real degree um and he wants to cheat his way through it and he meets the study group and this lovable group of misfits and this is how they become bffs but basically jeff's deal is that he's just thinks that he's too cool for everyone and too good for everything and you can see that in this episode and and britta's deal is also kind of the same um so you you see that like she's very jaded she's she's kind of a hipster she's an activist like so so yeah so that is 
that's essentially it. I love Joel. I think he does such a great job in this show. It's really fun to watch. Um, watch him in this episode, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think we've sort of fallen into this uh, rhythm of like going character by character because mm-hmm. they each su- sort of do have their own subplot. Yeah. And then we'll circle back and talk about Troy and where he ends up now that they're at the bar. But yeah, um, I like Shirley in this episode, too. Aww, what I can conjecture Shirley. is that has Shirley been a bit of a like high and mighty person as part yeah, of this group? That That is Shirley's kind of shtick Shirley is a Christian woman she's a mom she was starts out the series um her husband cheated on her so she's going back to college because she wants to get a business degree Shirley is the holier than thou character in the show and so it comes up a lot which you know I have some some qualms with um (laughs) if you listen to our pod um but this episode is the one episode where we get a lot of backstory from Shirley that none of us knew up until this point. So, like, there's been yeah. no indication up until this point that Shirley has had, like, drinking issues in her past or, like, was a right. went out to bars. She's always presented as this character who judges everyone else. So this was the episode where when you get that, you're like, oh, man, like, that's... It tracks because, you know, like her husband cheated on her. She and left her and she's had some hard times. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that. It's kind of sad. Like, but also you're like, oh, I get so much depth now from this character because of that. So in the beginning, this subplot is sort of paid for laughs. She's going around the bar, removing these um, Mm -hmm. pictures of herself from the wall of shame. But then at the end, when um, when Jeff and Britta like confront her Mm -hmm. on this picture that they found, it's there's more heart to it. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's sad, yeah. but it's also not played for jokes. Like she's like, "Hey, right. like, no, this is yeah, that I went through, and I don't want to be criticized for it." And I, I will say, in support of the writing of this show, <clears throat> it could have very easily gone full '90s sitcom, mm-hmm. like with a big audience laugh track and her like pulling a face or something yeah and i I like that instead it's sort of played small it's this quiet moment of like embarrassment on her part but also them like realizing enough that um although it's funny for them to see her in this other light they also don't push too far yeah it's interesting because like the two characters, Britta and Jeff, are pretty pretty hard on Shirley in terms of like her religion. Like Britta and Shirley kind of clash a lot because of that. Um, and so, for me, watching that scene, there is this moment, and we'll we'll get to it when we talk more about Donald in this episode. But like Troy's reaction is pretty indicative. Like he's joining in for laughs, and he's like, "It's funny, you know. It's you don't." Do you see how it's funny because you're you act so perfect all the time and you're not perfect and this makes me like you more, not less. And mm-hmm. Jeff and Britta are kind of like laughing about it, um, yeah. even after Shirley kind of reveals like this isn't funny, this isn't a joke to me. Like I don't think that you know, and I think a lot of shows would be like Shirley accepts that everyone likes her now more because they find mm-hmm. out she's not perfect. But with community, I think it was really important, especially for the tone of this episode, that like Shirley leaves because she's upset. And Troy is the only character who really you zero in on and see like he notices that she's upset. Whereas Jeff and Britta are still kind of like, haha, like in the background, like drinking, Um, which, again, is very in line with their characters and kind of 
shows who they are when they drink, which is terrible people. So, right. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. I mean, Troy is the one that shows compassion. Troy's yes. the one that tries yeah, yeah. to like reintegrate her into the group. Yeah, exactly. She he's like, Come on, like it's my birthday, hang out with me. And she's like, No, I need to leave. Um yeah. Troy is trying to bring it back to to be like the study group, whereas Jeff and Britta kind of get again mocking more so than compassion yeah. from them. For them the Yeah, I think that that's definitely one of the better things about the show is that it does have that heart. Um it, it almost harkens back to like freaks and geeks to me mm-hmm. of like a, a show that has yeah obviously it, it, a lot of it is played for last yeah. but there is a lot of heart yeah. and a lot of emotion behind a lot of things that people say yeah. and to jen's point it's rooted in character rather mm-hmm. than plot yep. mm-hmm. so like plot wise she storms out and that's sort yeah. of the end of her her story for this episode yeah but the fact that we see this like information, how it plays across the plot mm-hmm. of the episode is based on who the characters are and how yes. they react to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I love this episode so much. It's, it's very character driven. It's not a huge, like, like you said, like the plot is pretty simple, but the characters are really what drive the story in this one. Yeah. And then we get Abed storyline, mm, which Abed. Uh, as a, I don't know a lot about these characters, but I have a little bit more exposure to Abed and I guess Troy, uh, because mm-hmm. they show up in Avengers, I believe the first Avengers, or so, maybe one of the. So other- most care most of the community cast actually shows up at some point in the MCU. Um, Danny Pudi's character does. Donald Glover's character does, or not character, but Donald Glover as an actor does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yvette Nicole Brown does. Um, oh, that's right. Jim Rash does. Ken Jong does. Like. The joke is, obviously, if you didn't know, the Russo brothers and Chris McKenna and Eric Summers, like, a lot of people started on, not started on Community, because they did other things, but, like, they were a part of Community, so some of the actors do pop up in the MCU from time to time. Yeah, Um, it's funny, I I was listening to a different podcaster that I really like, Joanna Robinson. Oh, I love Joanna Robinson. Yeah, and she's like, um, we all know that... uh, stage four or whatever this cycle of marvel <laughs> movies is basically just harvesting writers and directors yeah. from the harman verse it really is true <laughs> it's like when you look at it you're like oh dang like there's so many people who just make appearances and in yeah. community you'll find even more so like guest stars <laughs> like there's so many guest stars that are in the mcu it's it's wild it's so you yeah. wouldn't expect those two worlds there's fly, a but... there's a chart out there somewhere don't you worry <laughs> um but yeah no but, the, abed is Abed and Troy's friendship is also something that, like, even if you don't know anything about community, you see them pop up a lot in, like, right. best sitcom friendships kind of lists yeah. and things like that. So so I have to admit that the Abed character is just borderline too much for me. I like him That's in fair. conjunction with Troy, but on his own, as we see a little bit in this episode, he's a. I can't help but get bogged down in the negative aspects of Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Yeah. That are are worrisome to me as far as like their take on uh disassociative personalities or, you know, uh people being on the autism spectrum yeah. or things like that. So yeah. it's a little tough for me um to see this episode. I ended up liking him more in the other episodes you showed mm-hmm. or you had us watch. But yeah, yeah Abed is basically uh playing I forget what game he's playing. 
Galactica or something. Well, asteroids. Asteroids, thank you. An old arcade game. And he gets into conversation um, with another patron of the bar, um, which is, he's a pretty big guest appearance. I'm forgetting his name right now, but um, Jim, do you remember his name? He's like a pretty famous uh, stand-up and stuff. Oh, well. Uh... He looks like Paul F. Tompkins. It is, it Paul, is F. Tompkins. Paul F. Tompkins. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. It. See? Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Paul F. Tompkins. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, yeah. so, yeah, this... Yeah, you're right. This story isolate, And also, this is season two, so it's still kind of... Um, 2000s-y? Yeah, yeah, and also, like, pretty early in establishing... Like, this, this is kind of the weird thing about Community is that it sort of never explicitly says that Abed is, like... Autistic, autistic or, or on the spectrum yeah. um they yeah. mention asperger's pretty early on it's he's coded that way and a lot of yeah. like what we talk he talks about later and it's you know also because of dan Harmon's kind of experience in learning that he was on the spectrum through writing the show and creating the show kind of gets transferred to abed in some ways um but there are Abed, I love Abed as a character by the end of the show. I think that uh, he definitely, like, in the episodes that I had you watch, like, they're in seasons four and five, so you get a little... There's more growth that happens in between there. But in yeah. season two and and one, even in season three and a little bit, there is kind of this stilted, like, Abed... They treat Abed like an innocent. Abed doesn't know what he's doing. Um, but in this episode, you very clearly know that Abed knows what he's doing. He just... Yeah doesn't care um which is well i would say that from the three episodes we watched um he's pretty true to how he's written like i think they have an idea of how who abed is yeah i don't know if they had grasped how the world should interact with abed yeah in this episode yeah so paul f Tompkins and abed start talking about farscape and just general like sci-fi fandom and uh, it becomes clear throughout the course of their interactions that Paul F. Tompkins' character is is hitting on Abed mm-hmm. and uh, is interested in him more than just this discussion. Yeah. And uh, it all comes to a head basically with Paul F. Tompkins just laying it all out. He's like, would you like to go back to my house and have gay sex with me? And Abed is like, <laughs> no, like no. no. <laughs> yeah. I just want to keep talking and to you about Farscape. <laughs> exactly. He's like, uh, I'm yeah. just enjoying this conversation. Yeah. Why does it have to be anything more? Yeah, yeah the it's, that, of course. The part that left a bad taste in my mouth is that Paul F. Tompkins' character throws a drink in it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like Abed, again, this is kind of like those things of like Abed under, like uh, the mix between Abed knowing social cues and not knowing social cues, like that it comes up. There's there's a episode, a couple episodes before this where Abed um, like really zeroes in on like the female characters and like is like tracking their menstrual cycles like it's just like it's weird it's it's a thing it's a thing where like because he's like it's not invasive like i noticed that you all were moody and so i couldn't figure out why so i started tracking it so it's like you start to get more of like abed is they do this kind of a lot which is like abed is a robot abed is a computer um Mm -hmm. and it is that weird like 2000s kind of comedy too of like "Mm, but this isn't I don't know what you guys are going for here. Um, later on, he becomes more of a fully realized character, but definitely in this episode, it is kind of like Abed knows what's happening, but doesn't really care what's happening. He just wants to keep doing what he wants to do and doesn't consider that there's another person who, you know, 
wants something different than he does. Yeah. No, I like that. And I think we do see the growth even through these episodes. Yeah. So, Jim. Oh, yeah, definitely. You want to just sort of wrap this up by getting back to <clears throat> Troy and how the Troy. night sort of the night itself wraps up. Yeah. yeah so, Troy, um, it, it's a few minutes before midnight and uh, he goes up to the bar. He was like, hey, can I order this? What was it? A seven a and seven. seven. And seven. Which yeah. uh, Jeff and Britta had criticized him. Mm-hmm. Of. It's all about right. like, having a cool drink order. But yeah. Troy has a good reason. I, I like it. You I know. know. That's what his uncle drank. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that too. And um, of course, he looks back and he sees basically all of his friends are like trashed or mm-hmm. gone or just like Having whatever. A bad They're time. sad. <laughs> right. It's just everyone's sad yeah. or angry. So he decides to, uh, instead of celebrating his 21st birthday with his first legal alcoholic drink, he is on the road and he's bringing all, basically everybody home. And um, while that's happening, um, Jeff and Britta notice. Um, the bar that they were talking about was actually the oh, exact same bar <laughs> that they were arguing the bars that they were they go to over. or not. Yeah, you've and then saying. this kind of pushes. What were you? Saying? I was about to quote the "You've been saying the one bar is lame and one bar is awesome all night, and they're the same bar." The red door. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> L that Street. was really funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was great. And um, basically, uh, Troy has this big outburst, mm-hmm. and he's. He's like, whatever, I'm just going to drop off. Uh, I don't remember Annie. Allison Bree's character. Annie. Annie. And um, so th- they have like a little nice like conversation talking about, um, I believe this is where they were talking about how they they went to high school mm-hmm. together yeah. and, and all that. A little bit of backstory, which I believe was already mentioned in the first season, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. It's focused and, on the first season. Like they knew each other in high school. In the pilot, it's like. Annie was nerdy and um, right. and Troy was like the cool jock. Right. Right. And so they have a nice little conversation and uh, we, we get a cut to uh, inside the car and Jeff and, um, and Britta are making out on top of Abed, of which is Abed. very funny, um, which is which is just great. Yes. And uh, they basically stop uh, before Troy gets back into the car and Abed blurts it out that uh, <laughs> they were making out, which was very Why funny. would you do it in front of me? I'm not a coat rack. <laughs> like that, that's, right. my, <laughs> that's my favorite. I also love that to Jen's point, uh, when Troy returns to the car, he, he apologizes for the mm-hmm. outburst. Like, yeah. yeah. This is a guy who's uh, he's pretty in touch with uh, his emotional core. Mm-hmm. I would say. Like Yep. He, he reacted poorly, but he's also like strong enough to admit it. This this is a good guy. Yeah, I thought this was endearing. A lot of shows would have just wrapped up with him like screaming at them, and the audience mm-hmm. would have been like, "That's right, they got what they yeah. deserve for making yeah. this night, you know, ruining this night." Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But the show definitely has a lot more heart than that, and that the apology was very nice, and and Jeff basically saying like welcome to adulthood kid yeah. we're peers now and stuff and I, I thought it was a very nice way to kind of wrap it up yeah you start um, season two really does start this trajectory of of Troy being the heart of the group and Troy being a leader in a way that Jeff isn't like Jeff is very jaded um, Jeff is very cynical Jeff is very strong but you you don't get them like in terms of you know, like Troy versus Jeff in any sort of way. But the show really starts to set up in season two, especially with this conversation of like, you're a man now, Troy, like Troy being the guy who is a leader, but who has all of the positive qualities that Jeff doesn't necessarily have because he's not 
jaded. And like you said, he's very in touch with who he is as a person and his emotions. Um, and my favorite conversation is that, like that one, one of my favorite things is like that hallway conversation with Troy and Annie, because you can tell that Troy notices things about people. He cares about his friends. He like knows that Annie likes some guy named Mark Ruffalo um, and likes little yeah. monsters on her pen. Like he notices and cares about the people around him. And I yeah. love that about him. So, yeah, it's very sweet. It's sort of, yeah. um, Reminds me of early on in some of the Mike Shore shows, they tend to lean on these characters, the nature of like a Michael Scott or a Leslie as being sort of like sarcastic and acerbic. Mm -hmm. And as the show goes on, it softens and, you know, takes a, a stronger focus on some of the better natures of these characters or even other characters who have, you know, more warm you know, hearts or storylines in general. Yeah. I think this is sort of what we've seen through this episode and, and the next two episodes that you gave yeah. us. Yeah. So the Love second you. one, basic human anatomy. This yeah. Because I have often had conversations with friends about this idea of Freaky Friday style oh my movies gosh. And, and why this is a genre, but it is. <laughs> but it is. Yeah. Uh, it really is. I feel like every good show needs to have a Freaky Friday episode where two characters switch bodies. It's it's such a good one. I lo- uh, This is one of the ones that people herald as like one of the best episodes of season four um it was a fun fact written by uh i always have to say his proper title academy award winner jim rash um who is a cast (laughs) member this is his one writing credit for the show um and so i just i love this episode for so many reasons but when you're like troy episodes it's like this one's a great one because donald glover does such a good job in this episode yeah so i want to get into that but jen why don't you take us through like loosely like what the The plot plot sure So um, it is the one year anniversary. So if you, um, you know, in season three, Troy and Britta go out to lunch um, and they start dating. And so this is the one year anniversary of Troy and Britta dating. Um, And everyone seems to know about this and care about this, except for Troy and Britta. Um, (laughs) The overarching plot really is that they the group needs to finish their history project. Um, Jeff is very insistent on this. No one really wants to do this. Everyone wants to do something else. So um, Troy has a little bit of a freak out and he and Abed switch bodies, quote unquote, Freaky Friday style. And um, it's always hard to explain this. So like when we did our episode, I was like, dang it, how am I going to explain this? So um, Abed as Troy goes on his one year anniversary date with Britta whilst Troy as Abed um, goes to find the Freaky Friday DVD that they lost so that they can switch back, switch back. back. Right. Um, Jeff is not a fan of any of this. Uh, Annie and Shirley are vying for valedictorian, which is also a subplot. Um, And when when Dean Pelton finds out that Troy and Abed have like a body switching, he pretends to switch bodies with Jeff, which is a really, really (laughs) funny runner throughout this episode. And again, Jim Rash gets more utilized as an actor throughout the series. And he's just hilarious. So that's basically it. Um, And then, I mean, obviously the spoiler is that Troy and Britta break up by the end of the episode, but... I think by the Freaky beginning Friday. of the episode, you can see that it's headed that way. It's not, yeah. the, not the, and the healthiest I mean, relationship. So, yeah, it's it's a weird... Uh, community doesn't really do romance. Um, <clears throat> two 
to its detriment, I feel like it just doesn't understand always how to write characters um, who are in romantic relationships. And so Troy and Britta was pretty short-lived. They build it up a little bit in the few seasons, like that there might be something there, but they really don't like actually focus on them as a couple. So even yeah. the breakup episode is really about Troy and Abed. So it's kind of interesting. Right. No way. It's like, it's not really about them anymore anyway so yeah it's it you can see that it's headed that way but it's still i liked them i wish we had actual substance of troy and britta throughout the show but they deserve better they did they did but i mean i think this episode's really all about what you hinted at in our earlier segment that this is about the performances oh yeah the body switch candidates uh Mm -hmm. and like i'm just gonna go out there right now and say that Although I think that Donald Glover had an easier assignment to portray mm-hmm. Abed, I think he does a far better job of it than vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because like it's not as I don't want to say it's not as nuanced at like, but it's Danny Danny really didn't have to do a whole whole lot different necessarily. Like you can tell he's the way that he phrases some sentences is different kind of like the staccato nature that he says things the way that he um talks with with britta is a little bit different but like donald really had to embrace danny and also i mean i know this is about donald glover but like danny pooty really does work like he never got nominated for anything for community and if you watch danny do anything in real life you're like oh he puts on abed like it is choices he makes he makes very deliberate hand movement like he does specific things and so watching donald know his scene partner because really donald and danny spend the most time together throughout the show i think um he he knows his scene partner well enough to know how to imitate him without it coming across as being like something that is uh, just a hollow imitation you know like he he right. understands the nuances of of danny's performance as ovid to be able to yeah, imitate I think, it I, for me the most impressive thing with donald glover's performance is like it's <laughs> easy to notice the eyes and it's yeah. easy to notice the voice but he does something with his posture uh, mm-hmm. that's real really interesting that to your point that it's understanding the heart of the character i don't mm-hmm. know that it's something necessarily that abed does but yeah. it totally signifies the transformation into like who Abed is. Yeah. If that makes any sense. So like just Donald like changing that posture just gets him mm-hmm. into that mindset and it yeah. does a really good job conveying it. Whereas I, I will admit, um, I'm not super familiar with the actor, but uh Danny who plays mm-hmm. Abed. Yeah. That's a harder job. Like how do you play yeah. someone who is like quote unquote normal or like Yeah. Right. I, yeah. There's yeah. A, there's a thing he does that I think works in some scenes better than others, which is Troy's more comfortable in his skin. So mm-hmm. Abed sort of like just like sinks into the role of yeah. Troy a little bit more and yeah. like gets a little slouchy and gets yes. a little bit more comfortable with his speech. I think that works at some points, but specifically in the scene where he's with Britta in the restaurant before the breakup, it comes yes. off a little problematic for me. A little like some of the slang is like a little too like I'm putting on an Afrocentric diaspora. I don't know. African-American diaspora comes across. But I, 
in other times, like towards right before Troy comes in, well, Troy mm-hmm. slash Abed comes in, and he's starting to come to terms with this breakup, I think yeah. that that actor does a really good job of not doing a Troy impression, but mm-hmm. also like being more comfortable and more in tune with the heart of the scene than Abed is capable of. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we pointed out when we did our episode about this is that really Troy, Abed imitating Troy is, is taking up more space and Troy imitating Abed is, is being more um, inward and like, you know, closer, like you watch his hand movements. Like there is something that Abed does throughout the show, which is he points his finger a lot. And like, that's something that you watch Donald do like his hands are closer to his body so having that scene in the restaurant where like you have um danny taking up more space and like being more spread out that is a lot more in tune it is really hard with with vocally what they're trying to do i think sometimes like you said it, it works and sometimes it doesn't i think right before when they're realizing like that they're about to break up that's like the most heart that you get from it it's the most honest because you have kind of the perfect combo of all of those things um and so i like that you can very clearly see those those kind of differences is just in the physicality of the way that they portray each other i think that was what works the best for me um Mm. and like yeah Yeah, donald also think donald is just great no i was just gonna say like donald is just so great in this episode (laughs) yeah i think that um the culmination of those moments where it does get dicey because Britta yeah. is talking to Abed knowing that Abed is speaking for Troy. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to sort of like wrap your mind around it. But the thing yeah. that Donald Glover and um, the actor who plays Abed, what's his last name? Danny Pooty. 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 Thank you. Uh, the thing that they do best is they cut out a lot of the physicality or even like the shtick of mm-hmm. playing each other yes. and it just feels more honest so like yes. abed is is doing a service for his friend which is mm-hmm. to say the things that troy can't say and mm-hmm. then when troy comes back into the scene he he sort of cuts the abed shtick down a lot and yeah. you know they end up switching back but it ends up becoming just way more honest which i appreciate yes. because as Troy says, like they need to switch back because Britta deserves better. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is, again, a, a pretty indicative of also the way that this episode is written. It's like comes across as like, OK, it's it's silly. It's fun. Um, but when you recognize, especially like I think this the switch is really like when to when Jeff recognizes what's happening because he, yeah. he's so frustrated throughout the episode because he thinks that this is just dumb. This is just them being dumb. Um, and then he realizes why Troy is doing what he's doing. Um, I think that that switch, especially when, when Donald delivers that little kind of mini monologue about why they have to break up, um, is where it switches from being something that's, you know, could be just like, oh, this is just a cheap imitation. Like, th- let's just have characters imitate each other to like, oh, there's a heart behind this. There's a reason behind this. There's emotion behind it. And that's yeah. what community does at its best is take these higher concept things and ground them in something emotional and real. And it's when the show works the best for me is stuff like this. 
Well, Jen, I think you've set up a fantastic transition <laughs> to did the I? last episode we watched. Oh, I did. Escapism. I'm so sorry that I had you all watch this. Um, it's not so. I'm not sorry because this is one of my favorite episodes, but also it's Donald Glover's last episode. So it's it's a very very. Oh gosh, it's such a great episode. Um, oh, I'm glad. I'm really glad we watched it. And like you said. You know, so they're great. able to take these high concept, yeah. crazy ideas yes. and bring them down to earth yes. um, by connecting them to the core and the heart of the characters and why mm-hmm. they are, you know, doing what they're doing. So, Jim, since yes. since I've talked us through an episode and, Jim, and Jen's talked us through an episode, <laughs> this one's pretty easy plot wise. Why don't you tell Talk us what us happens through. in geothermal escapism? So uh, I was very excited about this episode because I have heard about uh, communities like sort of like themed mm-hmm. and like going a little bit too crazy uh, episodes towards the later. Ep- You're welcome. Towards the later seasons. <laughs> um, so as soon as this one started and uh, Abed is is talking over the loudspeaker saying like, uh, hey, uh, I just want to give an announcement that um, in order for, uh, to uh, celebrate see Troy off. Yeah. Um, we're all going to be playing uh, The Floor is Lava, <laughs> and if you um, uh, if you win, you can win my comic that's valued at $50,000, and then everybody freaks out. It's very Greendale. Like, all right. <laughs> yeah. It escalates very uh, quickly. <laughs> yes, it was very funny, and um, all of a sudden, we are in basically the post-apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, everything is filmed very differently. Yes. And, Mad like, Max. Everything's very gritty, and yeah, very Mad Max. Uh, very zombie apocalypse kind of thing. So and I, I want to tell you guys my brief experience of watching this episode, which is that I was watching the episode while I was like taking notes slash reading some of the um, the wiki stuff mm-hmm. just to make sure I remembered everything. And I glanced down after Abed's announcement and I glanced up to see <laughs> Jeff in full survival gear with Annie with yeah. a bandana tied around her head. And I said to myself, oh, what? I must have missed a, a title card that said like, you know, six hours later or something like that to show this progression. <laughs> so I rewound nope. it and there's there's nothing. It's almost they just immediately immediate. go to this, which I really appreciated. It's very yeah, in li- it's very in line with with communities, like the way that things escalate at this community Absurdism. college. It goes from zero yeah. to 60 very fast. <laughs> so there's all these yeah, factions I- and stuff. And Jim, I'll let I'll let you get into it. I don't think we need to bog down in the minutia of who's working with who and who's I mean, against who. But right. There's a lot of changing factions, as in any good post-apocalyptic. So there's program. a lot of characters that you hadn't seen in the two episodes before this that are at this school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. We saw uh, John Oliver John popped Oliver. up. Um, Jonathan Banks, yeah. who I was really surprised about. I was like, oh, it's Mike. He's, yeah, that's he's weird. a professor in season five. Uh, John Oliver started off on the show in season one, and then he, mm-hmm. you know, had other things to do. Um, but right. he comes back uh, prominently. He's busy winning all the Emmys, but you know, he's here. Yeah. Whatever. He and came back to Ken Jong, who Ken I knew Jong. was in the show, but we hadn't seen in, in the two episodes. Yeah, you hadn't seen him in those. But yes, he has more of a role in season five. You get some of the all, you get a lot of like the side characters. Um, it, actually, yeah, you get like all of the side characters in these kind of big hmm. concepty episodes. So, right. Which I do really appreciate, too, because everybody gets to have some fun. It's true. Um, this episode just felt like a blast of film. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I'm a production guy, so I'm just like, oh, yeah, this would have been really fun on set that day. 
Um, but yeah, everything is going like everybody is obviously in different factions and stuff, and everybody's trying to win the comic. Um, so we basically see uh, I, we are basically following um, Joel and Annie. Um, and I, I think they're kind of yeah, and Britta as well. I think those three are kind of like the main focus of the episode, but we also do get a lot of Troy and Abed as well. Um, so those three are uh, going to uh, Shirley's Island. I don't remember exactly what it was called. It's called Shirley Island. Really funny too. <laughs> Shirley yeah. Island. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, oh, Britta was dead. Oh, Britta was left for dead. Britta was, was left very funny for well. dead. <laughs> like, I can't yeah. get over that. Well, the, the, I mean, the biggest thing is Britta is, from the beginning of the episode, trying to get everyone. And at this point in the series, you should know that Britta has declared a major in its psychology. So this makes a lot of yeah. sense as mm-hmm. far as why Britta is so insistent that everyone be in touch <laughs> with their feelings. Um, yeah. And no yeah. one wants to. Everyone wants to ignore her, as is customary in the show. And also, yeah, I think I just have to is fitting for this episode because oh, for sure. that's for what sure. this entire event is yeah. about. It's about Abed right. not confronting his feelings about Troy yes. leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I'm mostly setting this all up just because I want to talk about my favorite joke in the episode. Oh, please do. Which is um, when Shirley uh, finds out that Britta is quote unquote dead. <laughs> She puts a picture on, like, I don't remember exactly. It was I'm like a bored. cross or whatever. It says <laughs> secular, secular and Christian. Christian. And she puts, she <laughs> put Britain in secular. Yes. And I don't know why that really like, struck a chord so with funny. me. I just thought that was very funny. Oh, man. I thought you were going to do the, uh, the my favorite joke, I think, in this episode is the the runner between Jeff and Britta where they're trying to do a knock-knock joke and it's just failing. Oh, miserably. yeah, that's awesome, too. <laughs> you have to say who's there. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah. if you're on the floor, like, Oh gosh, I I love it. So yeah, there's this whole big battle scene when Britta and Jonathan Banks's character show show oh up. Gosh, he's like on so like a, one of the uh, what is it called? The floor yeah, like the floor cleaner things. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Chair walkers. Oh, a lot of this episode was giving me Mad Max vibes, but when he shows up with those goggles and that machine, I went back to <laughs> Dennis Hopper's character in Waterworld. <laughs> oh, this God. episode was directed by one Joe Russo. <laughs> yeah, you know. I noticed that too. I thought, <laughs> yeah, that was no. Funny. As you do when you were in your community in season five. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But I love when the battle starts and uh, Shirley Island retaliates by putting popcorn butter on the floor. I was like, this is so wacky and I love it. I love every moment about this. Uh, Yeah, it did take out Britta. That's right. (laughs) But um, yeah, I mean, the culmination of this is that the island is somewhat destroyed. Troy Mm -hmm. and Abed are there to find the mythical orb. Which we find out is, is absorbing <laughs> so one of those big plastic absorbing <sighs> spheres, inflatables. So great, and that's yeah. their key to victory. So they again, no that. explanation as to how any of this happened. Like, no, why is there? No, a, why is yeah. there absorb? There's never an explanation for any of the, the things that happen in community like this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're like on the retreat. They're running away from uh, Buzz Hickey, which yep. is. Uh, the the criminology criminology professor, professor Buzz and he basically wants to pop that zorb he wants to win the yeah, money so he that wants to win. he can pay for his son's gay wedding he said you have no yeah. idea the, cost the flowers, flowers alone yeah Britta's runner is Britta says I've lived in New York like that's one of the things that comes up a lot and so her that use of like I know I've lived in New York is super great yeah, yeah. like I've been to so I've many lived gay in New weddings. York yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah I mean it ends up with Troy and Abed. I forget how, but the 
oh, uh, the teacher slashes it with a knife. So the Zorb is yes. inflating. Yep. They, they go crashing down these stairs into like a storage room in the basement. Mm-hmm. And now they're like climbing on these bookshelves to escape. And this is really where like the, uh, maybe not the plot, but the the heart of the episode mm-hmm. culminates. And, yeah. and one thing they do here, here which Jen, I want to I wanna ask you to speak to, um, which I really appreciate is that this has been such a plot heavy episode as far as the minutia of like mm-hmm. who's fighting who, who's out of the game, who's in the game. And in this scene, that all goes away. Like mm-hmm. the end of the episode, I don't even really remember who won the game. That's not what this is about. Yeah. This really gets into the like why this is happening yeah. and, and how Abed feels and how Troy can help him through this this issue. So yeah. why don't you take us through this last sort of third of the episode? Sure. Um, in a technical sense, Britta wins the episode, which is weird because it's never mentioned again. <laughs> Literally never yeah. mentioned again. Um, but yeah, so so Buzz, Hickey, Britta, Troy, and Abed are the last four standing. Um, and Abed confesses to Troy that like you know basically he's like oh we can still play the game like we can climb in the vents we can do this forever and Troy's like well we like we can't has to end sometime and Abed kind of says like look I created this game because I want everyone to be able to see what I see like I'm not crazy like I actually I know that you are leaving and I, I see lava because of it and so you get this like great little moment where Troy looks and he he can see it too um mm-hmm. and so you have this this moment where that happens and then Buzz comes in and like actually doesn't understand Abed, which is a, th- a whole thing in season five and thinks that Abed just doesn't want, you know, wants to win. And so he tries to knock them off. Britta knocks him out. And so the last three are those. Um, and Abed like like let's go and quote unquote dies and so um Britta and Troy realize like really what this meant to Abed and what it means to to him this game so they clone him um so that they can bring him back and they all clone each other so that they even though they're all dead even though everyone in the game died they can be resurrected um, and the shot that I really love that still gets me is when Troy decides to to die. Like he he just kind of like accepts it and he's scared too to leave Greendale. So it's oh. not just Abed and but he he knows that he has to do it. Um and real oh, so the plot of this is that spoiler alert, obviously, um Pierce dies in the episode before this and Troy, as part of his will. Troy gets Pierce's inheritance if he completes this sailing trip around the world that Pierce never did because he wasn't man enough or brave enough to do it. And so that's why Troy is leaving Greendale and he's going to to sail around the world and to complete the thing that Pierce never could. Um, And Pierce says it's because I want you to like I want you to be your own man. So that's, again, a running theme. Um, But yeah, so so this is it's real for Abed. He knows that it's might be irrational but you know i love that we get to see what abed sees it's not because he's it's because he cares about troy and it's scary and he's seeing actual lava and so then you know troy troy eventually does depart this episode and does not return to community and i love the way the show handles abed in this episode yeah Um, it's so good 
by showing Abed's perspective of the lava and giving it real stakes for him, it takes it out of the realm of what I felt in that um, mixology episode, mm-hmm. which is the way they handled Abed's interaction with um, the other bar customer was it felt selfish in a way mm-hmm. like Abed knew yes. um, the way that he should have interacted and he chose yeah. not to because he wanted to talk about Farscape. Yeah. Whereas by showing the lava, we see that this isn't Abed like giving into his nature of wanting the game to last and wanting his friend for him. There are real stakes. There's yeah. really like some, there's something in there that's an emotional emotionally compelling him to yeah. these actions rather than knowing that it's wrong for him to act this way and doing it anyway. Yeah, and he really can't communicate any other way than doing that. And that's what uh, that's what Abed does. That's what I love when when the show really focuses on Abed as a character is that like we see what Abed sees. And Abed is um you know, he's not the best at expressing his emotions and like being able to have words for those. And so I love that this episode isn't like Abed just wants to keep doing something because he wants to keep doing it. It's like I needed everyone else to see the world the way that I see it. And this is what I see when I think about you leaving. I see real lava. And so that I think is and that's the moment that really humbles Britta, too, is when Troy tells her that. And she's like, oh, crap. Like I've been I've been going about this all wrong because I thought that it was just abed wanting to avoid it where it's it's not abed wanting to avoid it it's abed wanting everyone else to feel and see what he sees which is very different so yeah i do i do agree i love this episode for abed too and to speak to the donald glover of it all um you know like you said troy is the one who realizes this Mm -hmm. troy's also the one who probably my favorite moment at the end of this episode is when they're saying their goodbyes yeah is uh, I, f- I think he's talking to Annie, but he, very much in front of Abed, he says, well, well, I'm not, Troy's not leaving. I'm, I'm a clone mm-hmm. of Troy. Clone the Troy. clone is leaving. So, I mean, they're just that depth of understanding between those two yeah. characters. And like we saw in the previous two episodes that Donald Glover is really injecting something into this character that is very introspective but mm-hmm. also like empathetic so he yes mm-hmm. he understands what his friends need and mm-hmm. he wants to be there for them as much as they're being for him yeah and that that this is one of those episodes that was like tricky because i was like well i have to recommend it because it is donald glover's last episode it's a it's a big abed heavy kind of centric episode when it but in the end it really is about that final goodbye scene makes me cry every single time because it's just like being so earnest and so genuine with everyone and like you have Britta being like I'm the worst and he's like no you're not and you know that moment where he says like I missed out on four more years of of being your friend Annie and Shirley being like I'm the boring old mom and him being like no you're not you're amazing you created an entire island like that's awesome and then you know his goodbye to Jeff about you know, Jeff basically being like, you're more of a leader, more of a man than I am. Um, and then that Troy and Abed clone goodbye. The homing pigeon line gets me every time. I'm, I like, I weep like, oh, yeah. you might feel a compulsion to come back. And it just, it's it's such an indicative, like that whole scene is just like, and the scene before it with, with the lava, it's like, it's very in line with who Troy is. And, and Donald, 
is so funny in this show. Like some of the funniest things that happen in this show are because Donald Glover is screaming. Um, (laughs) And yeah, like, I mean, again, like LeVar Burton comes in, which is also he's been on the show before. He was in one of the episodes and Donald Glover, like in that episode, freaks out because Long story short, Pierce is trying to manipulate people and torture people, and he knows that Donald Glover's character Troy loves LeVar Burton, and so when he when he meets him, he freaks out and he screams, I told Pierce a million times, like, I just want a picture. You can't disappoint a picture. And like, he's just <laughs> screaming some of these things. I never wanted to meet him. Um, and so you have some of the funniest scenes that happen with Donald because he's such a gifted comedic actor but you also have some of the most emotional scenes in this show are grounded by the fact that he is just so good at that too like he's so good at being this earnest genuine performer who knows who troy is and who has the heart of a hero is what we hear a couple of times about troy as a character and that is who he is and i love that donald glover is so good at doing all of those things all the facets of troy and this one was just like the perfect epic way to say goodbye and in true community fashion the episode has a couple of nice little nods first of all childish uh, tycoon is the name of the boat obviously yeah that's awesome um obviously donald donald left the show at this point um really to pursue atlanta to pursue music um he kind of felt like he needed to do those things he was working on music while he was on community obviously um Mm -hmm. but he left and started to do atlanta um and then as a nice little subtle community nod i i take pride in the fact that i was on an interview with ken jong um about the show and i told him this and he did not know this but he so the the show ends the episode ends with troy sailing i mean sailing the the boat driving off the the lot to come sail away which is a callback to season one where troy says why am I crying? Was I listening to Come Sail Away by Sticks again? And they bring <laughs> it, they bring it back full circle, oh, which is again, oh, nice. like a thing that you're like, if you're looking for a show that like knows how to do that kind of stuff, this is it. This is, this is that show. So, and again, I cry every single time as you just watch Troy Sail Away. Yeah. With LeVar Burton. <laughs> That's all. <awesome>. Because. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jen, I want to hear your sort of final push uh, as to why you think we should keep watching Community. But before we get to that, Jimmy, did you have any overall thoughts from these three episodes? Uh, Yeah, I do. I mean, like I alluded to before, um, I remember watching the show while it was airing, uh, at least the first uh, two seasons, because I do remember seeing um, that first episode that we watched. But um, this definitely did harken back to like things that I did remember about community and did like fondly um, like the the writing is really just at a, at a new level, um, especially towards the end um, during that uh, the floor is lava <laughs> episode. I just, I just, it really felt like the the comedy writing was just like leveled up, kicked up to 11. Yeah, um, it definitely felt way more tight, like the cast and crew obviously were um, very like in tune with each other and um I was just like, yeah, this this is definitely at a at a level that I was um, more so expecting from a show that is has does have such a cult following. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
obviously i think donald glover is great as troy in this uh episode i think uh or all three of these episodes um i definitely thought it was a good idea to talk about community during our donald glover um month or mini series or whatever it is that we're doing so um yeah i mean overall i i would definitely say that the show was as good as i remembered if not maybe even a little bit better Mm. so um yeah those are kind of my overall thoughts how about you dan yeah i really like what you said about um how in the later episodes you can feel the connection between the cast members and the writers and the crew and for me you know there's a lot of negatives that you can say about quote-unquote traditional sitcoms they could be schlocky they could be corny they can uh get into territory that's ridiculous just because they have to churn out so many episodes but what i think the episodes we saw today displayed is some of the best that can come out of sitcoms which is you're giving Mm -hmm. if you have the right cast of talented actors like like clearly this show does they have the opportunity to really grow their understanding of this character to really explore the depths of their backstory how they interact with the other characters um yeah it's just a really interesting look at how you can take a simple compl- uh a simple structure like a group of disparate characters who are stuck together this ragtag study group and how you could expand that over the course of years to really get to the heart of who these characters are how they view the world, how they view each other. And um, Jen, I think you did a great job picking episodes. I mean, I know you were a little concerned with uh, the final episode, you know, spoiling Donald Glover's farewell. But I really thought, for me, that was necessary. Because in these three episodes, you sort of gave us a little condensed character arc. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, yeah. Which I really appreciated. So, Jen... Sorry, I was just going to say, why don't you give us like sort of your final push? Like you've heard Sweet. what we had to say. What do you what do you think should just really put us over the edge to becoming true community fans? Elevator pitch. All right, here we go. Um, if you loved the Floor is Lava episode, I can tell you that most of community is more like that than a traditional sitcom. I think one of the things that right. people... Um, probably don't know about community when they first started watching it and when it was airing is season one is pretty traditional what was on the lineup you know it's it's a not a workplace comedy it's a situational comedy obviously um but you know it it fell in line with like parks and all of the office and all that kind of stuff um but then you hit a point in which community shifted to say what if we did really wild things but it was still at a community college. Mm -hmm. What if we did episodes um, that were solely claymation? What if we did, um, you know, and so there was no real boundary to what community could do and what they did when it was on the air. So when I think of like sitcom style things, there are a lot of like very traditional sitcoms that I love, but I really don't think anything has broken as much of barriers of genre and homages as community has. And for the most part, I will say that they are always able to find that heart, that connection to what keeps it grounded, what keeps the homage real. Um, I mean, one of the best sitcom episodes of all time, Remedial Chaos Theory, which was, um, you know, the gif that everyone was posting in 2020. is yeah. is one of the best episodes of of television I've ever seen. And 
yeah, I think that if you're looking for something that's like great ensemble, really solid writing, um, really fun shenanigans and some episodes that will just like tug at your heartstrings, then community is the sitcom for you. Nice. So I think probably now's the best time for you to ask us the big question that we, we had you here for. So um, did I did I talk you into community? <laughs> Three, two, one. Yes. Yeah. It, it was very Woo! easy. Yeah. For I did sure. my job. I had a great time watching these episodes. I I I honestly, this was one of those shows that I was like. I never got around to watching it, mm-hmm. but if I had a reason to, I'd probably like it. And I actually liked yeah. it more than I even expected to. Well, that's good. I feel like they would have had to take my um, Community Rewatch podcast badge away if I hadn't convinced <laughs> you guys. All right. Well, and I'm, I can stop podcasting now. <laughs> and I want to hear what Jimmy yeah. thinks, but also I will say like our co-host Jeff, he couldn't make it today uh, just due to scheduling issues, but he... Uh, He's a tough sell. I, I'd be mm-hmm. curious to hear what he have to say. Maybe we'll have to talk him into Ooh. it at some point. But Jim, mm, what, yeah. what, what did you think? Why why were you a yes on this? Yeah, I mean, it was basically just all my overall thoughts. Um, I just think the writing was so great. The cast is so tight. Um, I, I just It definitely did harken back to shows like I was talking about before, Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely feels like it, it, it does have a lot of the traditional sitcom things, but it also does have a lot of art, yeah. um, which I, which I really do like in, in a, um, in a TV show. Like I, I think there does need to be an emotional aspect yeah. to a lot of like those sitcoms or else they're just going to feel pretty like flat yeah. and static. Yeah. I'm excited um, based on Jen's final push because so I don't have the best track record with Dan Harmon stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I like some of the absurdism and I'm excited to see more of that in this mm-hmm. show. But what I didn't really find in like Rick and Morty was uh, the heart and and me caring yeah. about what ca- right. what happened to the characters. And I think there's more of that in this, which I appreciate. Yeah, there definitely is. There definitely is. So I know that I'm going to start at the beginning and watch Community. And I listen to a lot of podcasts all day at work. So <laughs> I think I'm going to go right along with the Community Rewatch podcast. Hey. Get, go episode <laughs> episode. Uh, and obviously, I think you guys should all listen to that, too. But, uh, Jen, where can people find your work on the Internet? You know, you can find us everywhere that you get your podcasts because there are a lot of places these days that you can listen yeah. to podcasts. Um, you can find us on Twitter. We're at C-O-M-M Rewatch Pod. You can follow us on Instagram. We're at Community Rewatch. Um, yeah, we, we're interesting in that we are one of the community podcasts that doesn't cover every episode. Um, and so there are some, some pods that cover every single episode of Community, but there are some that we've skipped and, you know, yeah. there's... There's ones that we very passionately love and, and have talked about. Um, and as of now, we are taking a little bit of a break before we head into season five. Um, but yeah, you can listen to us and come hang out with us and tell us what you love about community. Tell us what you love about some of the other shows that we do bonus episodes on and our mini series about Mythic Quest that we are currently doing. So nice. It's a good time. Nice. Yeah. Jim, where can people find our podcast? You can find our podcast uh, at Talk Me Into on Twitter, at Talk Me Into Pod on Instagram, uh, on TikTok at Talk Me Into, where we're posting our show, uh, So Discussions clips uh, on there as well. You can also follow, follow our show, So Discussions, on YouTube if you just search So Discussions. We don't have the URL yet, but we will someday. <laughs> Keep following. Um, 
yeah exactly subscribe um yes uh subscribe that is our uh our show where uh dan and jeff are taste testing soda and it is quite a fun time dan where can people find you personally on the web uh i'm on tick uh not tiktok i am but it's horrible you are i don't really know how to use it i'm old uh, i'm on twitter under the name danny underscore breakdown and check out my band disqualifier wherever you listen to music if you're a fan of punk hardcore grunge jimmy how about you personally you're you're not on the socials at the moment but yeah i'm not currently on social media you can follow me if you want at son of a fitch s-o-n-n-a-v-a-f-i-t-c-h on twitter and instagram and you can follow me youtube.com slash son of a fitch as well give jeff a shout out too oh yeah you can follow jeff uh (laughs) at jeff with five f's the number 27 on twitter that's j-e-f-f-f-f-f-27 on twitter that's right and yes Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? More Donald Glover stuff. All right. Should I start the episode because it's funnier? Sure. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. I'm also a coffee sneezy person. I am just like, I'm like, of course. Keep those in the show, though, because it's funny. (laughs) I mean, it really is. Now I have come say what way. (laughs) Right? So uh, I forgot to ask if you wanted us to stop recording or keep recording. So I kept uh, it rolling. What did you I guys kept do? it rolling yeah. too? <laughs> I did too. Easier, right? Yeah. Okay, so sorry, I'm just taking a bite of something. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> Classic Dan. <laughs> I eat on Always po- eat in on the We podcast. eat on pod. Chelsea eats on pod all the time. It's great. Uh, I, I Jeff and I <laughs> kill Dan every episode that he does it. <laughs> It's like half the time. Sometimes I'm like, am I going to get to you before you finish like taking a bite of food? It was funny because we're doing like a Mythic Quest rewatch podcast mini series um, and Chelsea's on every episode. And so mm-hmm. she took a bite of something, forgetting that like we do a joint intro at the beginning. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, you almost didn't make it, though, like in time for me to say, and this is Chelsea. <laughs> yeah.